This is Existential, the podcast that reminds us that we're human first before we're anything else. And from that place, we can hear each other's stories and experiences as we wrestle with issues of justice, faith, and culture. I'm your host, Corey Leak. Thanks for listening. Hello there, friends. Uh, Today, it's just me on this episode of Existential. Um, Actually had a guest who was supposed to be uh, present with me. So at this time, carved aside to have a conversation with the guest. I'm not going to tell you who it is, uh, but that guest is delayed or probably not showing. But I, um, you know, I think I'm going to use this opportunity to talk about something that's been on my mind for a little bit now. Something I've kind of been wrestling with, and I don't quite have a handle on exactly what I think about all of this, or or I, I should say on what, what's the path forward for all of us regarding this. And I'll get to what it is in a moment, but first um, I want to tell you about something I experienced the other day. Um, I had a friend, I think it was a friend who sent me a link to a conversation between um, Candace Owens, who those of you who are following me on Facebook would know that, you know, it's, it is a a mouthful for me to say her name because normally she is she who shall not be spoken of, (laughs) but she, she had on her podcast, she had a guest and that guest was Mark Lamont Hill, um, who is a tenured professor at Temple University. Um, A, he's a black man. He was on CNN for a while, featured on CNN. He would often come on their panels and discuss politics and race and things of that nature. But this guy is like, I mean, as educated and scholarly as they come. And Candace Owens is not that. Um, And I don't say that to disrespect or shame her. I just say that because that's true. But I saw him on her podcast and they were having a conversation. They're going back and forth and they're, you know, sort of... um, debating issues of race and Mark Lamont Hill was on the show in good faith, having a conversation with Candace Owens. And as I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, why would someone like Mark Lamont Hill go on Candace Owens podcast? Like what, what reason, what is there to be gained? Ultimately, I don't think there is anything to be gained, to be honest, because, you know, if you watch it or if you have watched it, you'll see, that Mark Lamont Hill, because of how he speaks very deliberately and purposefully, oftentimes and deferentially because he's on Candace Owens podcast, he will she will jump in and kind of interrupt his points before he gets to make them. And he was making some incredible points about race, about protest, about black communities and disparities and how black and brown communities are policed and how they are resourced. Uh, compared to their counterparts in, in in white communities, and and I found myself like being really frustrated watching the conversation. But the thought that it triggered for me was, when is it appropriate for us as a society, or for we who are a part of a movement, to t- decide we are not dealing with an individual? 
Like, when do we quarantine ourselves away from people's ideology? Another way of asking that question is, um, is to, well, probably not to ask the question, but another way to like wrestle with this is to think about cancel culture, which is really what I'm wrestling with is, is the culture of canceling people out. Like when is it appropriate to say we are no longer engaging with this person's content? We are no longer platforming this person, their, their, their character, their likeness, their work. When is that something that we should do versus when is that something that is harmful and sending a bad precedent? And what is it that truly spoils a person's work? Now, I know in this Candace Owens scenario, for me, it's relatively easy. And I did have to have some help with this because as I'm watching um, Mark Lamont Hill go on her podcast. And let me just be very clear, watching when you decide to be a guest on someone's podcast or to, to engage in someone in conversation, you are by virtue of doing that, acknowledging that this person has something of value to add to a dialogue, which is the opposite of a cancel type situation or a a muting uh, of someone, so to speak. Like, so once Mark Lamont Hill sits down across from Candace Owens he offers validation to her as a thought leader. And as I saw that, I thought it was challenging for me because for me, the reason I have said set out to invalidate the thoughts and ideologies of Candace Owens is because, and as I was reminded of this by a, a few friends of mine, is because Candace Owens dehumanizes black people. Candace Owens in how she talked about George Floyd after he had already passed away, before the family even had an opportunity to bury the man. She was disgracing him and and naming all of his wrongs and his ills, and and, and that's dehumanizing. I I don't care what you feel about whether or not black folks should be you know, touting George Floyd as a hero, that's that's potentially debatable. But what's not debatable is that George Floyd was a son, a brother, a friend, father to people. I hate when these cars go driving by my house so loud. It's obnoxious. Why drive by so loud? And 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 I, I like I think about that and I wonder like Okay, I think I'm. I think I. I think I know what to do with it, Candace Owens, because her ideology is dangerous to the community that I uh, believe needs our support and our help and our care and our advocacy. Where it gets a little bit trickier for me is examples of people who have shown the flaws in their humanity. So recently. Someone shared a post from Sean King, and one of my friends commented on their post about Sean King and talked about how we should not be elevating Sean King because of some of the allegations about how Sean spends money and his fundraising and things like that. And it left me thinking, and and this friend of mine, um, I actually would, would like to have a conversation with him and further understand it because... They are a person who 
I feel is more on the side of let's hold people accountable and is more on the side of once it seems to be, and again, I don't, I don't want to make a straw man of their argument, so I want to take some time to actually talk to them uh, and understand what they're meaning and understand what, the, what their position is from their vantage point and not me assuming I know what it is. But it seems to be that Sean King is embroiled in controversy, therefore he is not the right person to platform when it comes to his ideas and his work. To which that's the point where I go, I don't know about that. Like, I, I don't know when you, we as a society say, okay, your work is now invalidated because of something that's going on with you that's immoral. And I certainly know that once something gets out of the context of the privacy of the people involved in any particular human situation, once it gets out of that context and becomes a story, there is so much to that story that sounds different than it would have sounded in the context. And I'm not saying that's the case when it comes to Sean King, because I don't know anything about what's going on with Sean King. I don't, I don't know what's been proven. I don't know what, what hasn't been proven. Um, the point being that every one of us, and I've said this to a, a couple of my friends over the last couple of weeks, every one of us myself included, who's speaking this and you who are listening to this, has already done or said the thing that out of context, years later, months later, hours later, has the potential for you to be canceled by a culture that holds everyone to an extremely high moral standard. Let me be very clear. I'm not advocating that we as a society should not hold each other to high moral standards. Of course we should. Of course we should be people who are mindful of ethics and peace and justice and how we treat one another, how we talk to one another, how we manage each other's resources. Of course we should do that. How, how the, the arrangements and agreements we've made with one another. If a person cannot be faithful to the arrangements that they've made with other relationships, it makes sense to me. It stands to reason that we should question that, right? That that should that that we should um, have something to say about that person. But I'm just not sure that that means that their work is also invalidated. I'll give you another example, and this is an example of, of someone that that I of, of an opera, of a moment where I do where I would find myself more on the side of, yeah, this person or this situation needs, this person needs to step outside of the community. And I'll get to, in a moment, I'll get to what I think about um, the purpose behind canceling, if that's even what we want to call it. But there's a person who I am familiar with and I have worked with and been around who had a long career of doing public ministry. And this person recently has found themselves involved in some scandal. And this person has come forward to say they didn't know anything about things that people that eyewitnesses are saying that they did know about. And now as a result, people are asking that this person step away from their ministry, step away from their work, step away from what they've been doing. In this instance, 
I personally believe that when you cannot own the thing that has harmed people because of whatever's going on with you personally, when you can't own that, that suggests to me that you are unsafe for the community and therefore you should be taken out of the community until such a time that you are ready to own the thing that has the potential to do more harm to more people than what you've already done harm to. Hope that hope that makes sense to you, right? Because this is what I mean when I when I say I, I was gonna get to like what I the appropriate way that I think we can handle people that we remove from the community or that we um, ask to, to step aside for a moment so that they themselves and the people who they've harmed can heal. And again, so that we can make sure that the things that they've done, the activities that come from this, whatever's going on in their psyche or their emotional makeup that has been harming people, so we can make sure that they understand and have dealt with and addressed the wounds or the things that are causing them to wound other people, I think it's appropriate for us to say, hey, we need you to step outside the community. The Jewish people or the Hebrew people in their writings would write about this, this, this asking of people to leave the tribe. This is what we see in the Torah. You see them asking, people, them saying to people who have shown that their behavior, their being a part of the tribe was causing harm to others. So for the sake of the whole community, people who could not find themselves um, or find a way to get the help that they needed or find a way to, to keep themselves from continuing to do harm, we're removed from the community. This is where we this is where we get excommunication from. In in church settings and in religious settings, when someone is excommunicated, this is where this idea stems from, is is this very ancient practice that that the Hebrew people wrote about in the Torah that was to say, Yeah, I don't think you can stay in this community because you continue to harm people. And I think that one of the issues that comes up, and, and to my last example, where I talked about the person who could not own their own culpability in things that happened that did damage to people emotionally and, and harmed people, there's a quote from uh, Aristotle's book. <laughs> Aristotle's book. It's so weird to say that, but Aristotle's rhetoric. And what Aristotle says is we believe good men more fully and more readily than others. This is true generally, whatever the question is, and absolutely true where exact certainty is impossible and opinions are divided. This term good is obviously relative and subjective. But one of the ways that I think we can measure a person's goodness or moral character is not in the fact that they never do or say anything that is harmful to another person. It's not that they never do or say anything racist. It's not that they never do or say anything homophobic or never do or say anything that's xenophobic. Because in the, in the course of us growing up and learning 
and understanding culture, we're all capable of saying and doing things that would be harmful to other people who are within our community. It's not that that the culture, at least, at least one that I consider to be just, it's not that we're talking about a culture where people don't make mistakes. And not even I'm not even saying that we're talking about a culture where people don't make grave mistakes. I'm not even talking about a community where people don't do things that are highly immoral. I do believe that people can do highly immoral things and still be redeemable as human beings and still at the end, the end be considered a good person. Every one of us has the capacity to do immoral things, to say immoral things, to be a part of unethical situations that maybe sometimes it's because we're not aware of the gravity of what we're doing. And other times it's just that we have this illness that we've never addressed, this wound that we've never addressed, and it shows up and it does harm. But here is what I believe we as society should offer. And those of us who are caught with our hand in the cookie jar should be asking for. First, actually, even before we ask, first, we should be saying, I own the thing that I did, that I said, that I was a part of. I own it. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not, even if it was years ago, I'm not going to say, well, that was years ago. In fact, here's an example from my own life. This is, this is some vulnerability for you. When I first started as a public communicator, it was probably around the late 90s. I was deeply rooted in Western evangelical Protestantism. And I had these literal ideas of scripture. I had these, these ideas that I'd learned from the mostly men who were preaching and who were teaching me about God. And from that place, I was, in, I was growing into an incredibly homophobic person. And I can remember vividly, and I've probably talked about this before in, in other, on other platforms, I, I, I'm sure. I mean, this isn't something I've never said before. But I, I said some things that if the recording was ever found and put out there on Twitter or whatever, which I'm sure it would be if I ever dared run for office, which I will never do, I would be mortified by it. I would feel terrible. I feel terrible even thinking about it. But if it ever did happen, because I know how different I am now than I was then, I wouldn't say, well, that was 10 years ago. You can't hold me to that. I would say, I feel terrible about what I said. I feel awful about saying that. I feel awful about, about propagating that kind of mentality towards human beings, especially at a young age. And I think that's important that if we are going to be a society that redeems people who have misstepped and stepped out of line or, or, or broken our peace in our society, that those folks uh, are given the space to own it, that the folks own it, and then we as a society say, okay, let's measure where you are now. Do you still hold these harmful ideologies, these harmful practices, these harmful ways of thinking? If you do, then let's get you some help. Once you've owned it, again, it, it all depends on whether or not a person is willing to own the thing 
that they're either being accused of or that there's evidence of that they, that they did or that they just feel in their own sense of, of belonging in a community that it's like, I got to tell some folks the stuff that I've said and done because I now recognize that that wasn't okay. And then once they come forward, we as a society need to uh, have the courage and the grace and the mercy to welcome them in our community, welcome them back, to restore them back to our community. I saw a friend of mine um, shared, I don't even know which verse in the Bible this is, but that mercy triumphs over judgment. And I had tension with it because I see this often, in my opinion, I see this often from white folks who are asking black folks for forgiveness. Like we love the forgiveness stories. We loved watching Botham Jean's little brother ask if he could hug Amber Geyer after in the trial, after she had barged into her his brother's apartment and killed him. We love to see that. I saw so many white folks going, oh my gosh, that's what reconciliation looks like. And so obviously, with that as a backdrop, when I see someone say, and this my friend was white, that mercy triumphs over judgment, I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You would really like that to be the case. But then behind that sort of place of, of, of um, uh, what's this word I'm looking for? That place of suspicion is the reality that, yeah, there is a way, there is a path for mercy to triumph over judgment, but that all depends on the person's capacity to own their own shit. And every one of us has to be willing to do so. And I believe a just society has to be willing to embrace those who own their own shit, recognizing that every last one of us is human and capable of having some shit to own. Look at that. I managed to get that word in three times on my podcast. <laughs> All right, folks, that's all I have for you. I appreciate all of you who are part of the Patreon community. You are literally helping us to contend for a better world, one conversation at a time. I'd like to thank all of you who rate this podcast, who have reviewed this podcast, who have shared links to this podcast with other people. Thank you so much. We're literally uh, being heard all around the world, the conversations that we're having, and, and I believe they're having a profound impact. So thank you for that. If you haven't rated or reviewed or shared or subscribed to the podcast, this is a great moment to do that. You can do that right now after listening. Go do that and you can drop a review or rating. We greatly appreciate it. It helps us also be seen by more people that are looking for a great podcast to listen to. And I do, again, as I do at the end of every one of these episodes, want to thank all of you for helping us to contend for a better world, one conversation at a time. Thank you.